it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, politics, pop culture, current events, and whatever else people are talking about these days. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, politics, pop culture, information baseball cards, yeah, whatever we want to talk about. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, Jeff's back. Hey, back again. Remember that song from three or 30 years ago? I don't remember. (laughs) Who knows? Again. Time stopped mattering a long time ago. Hey, and joining us as guest this week, comedian Katie Merriam's here. Hello. Good morning. We love it, the Katie Merriam. It is morning. We are recording this at 9 a.m. And hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Gobble, gobble, baby. I'm going to eat me some mashed potatoes. My favorite thing. (laughs) We are mostly taking the week of Thanksgiving off, but I didn't want to leave the people with no content whatsoever. It's important to note, what else are they going to do when they're eating with their families? Yeah. Right. To their families. Yeah. Longstanding tradition needs to come in. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, we're here to get you a little angrier going into that talking to your family phase of Thanksgiving, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I think it's going to be a hot one in terms of political talk around the table. Let's bring the uh, first Thanksgiving for a freshman in college coming back home uh, energy where they learn something new and they're like, actually. Yeah. (laughs) That's Time for my 19-year-old ass to teach you all a lesson. Katie, how excited are you to talk about today's topic? If people haven't looked at the title of the episode, we're talking about genocide. Genocide! I would, I'm just so personally grateful that you invited me to this episode. <laughs> Very <laughs> stoked to go I'm, over these topics. I'm surprised you didn't bring a tiff on to here just to bring the room down. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been a bad idea. The thing is, I sometimes have to book these recordings way out in advance, just like for my own scheduling and organization purposes. And then I get to spring shit like this on people (laughs) like Katie. I'm like, Oh, Hey, thanks for agreeing to do my comedy podcast. Let's talk about genocide. (laughs) That was, that was a great sound effect. That was, was, Hey, I've never heard like a straight up good orangutan sound effect. (laughs) On a podcast before, where it was just like out of nowhere, I was like, that is an orangutan. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> that was pretty good. And hey, speaking of sound effects, because this is going to be a pretty, pretty much of a, a downer of an episode, we're bringing something back for one, a one-time cameo appearance, breaking it out of the closet, the soundboard's back. But here's the thing, we don't have 
the usual sounds. We don't have an air horn, which is unfortunate because yeah. that used to be the sound effect we would set off whenever someone yelled the word genocide on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Apparently there's an injunction against that horn. Yeah. So I brought my own. I blast it into the mic and just blow your ears out. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have, I'm still learning my way around the soundboard we're working with right now. That was me transitioning into talking about the soundboard. That's a fantasy air horn right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Oof. We're going to use that one a lot. Oof. Bad times. <laughs> Already regretting every single bit of this, except <laughs> Jeff and Katie being here. That part's oh, great. Oh, I'm thankful for you. Hey. Yeah, I'm thankful for both of you. Yeah, and same, <laughs> even though it's not really Thanksgiving. We're, you know, peek behind the curtain. We didn't. How crazy would that be if we did just decide to do this on Thanksgiving? If morning? any group of people would do that, I feel like it might be us. Yeah, I could see it. Like, what are you doing on Thanksgiving? I'm like, literally nothing. <laughs> So a lot of the examples we're going to talk about come from an organization called Genocide Watch. And I think that name's pretty self-explanatory, right? It's a strong name. Not particularly creative. No. But, you know, sometimes the details are in the simplicity. Yeah. But what they do is uh, genocides, you know those? They watch for them. I was going to say that's also known as an Apple Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. They almost sound like a fan club, though, in, in a certain way. Genocide watch. We watch genocide. A little like, like uh, K-pop band style photos of just <laughs> monsters. They, you know, monitor world events and identify nations that are on the verge of or already mired in genocide. And it is a shocking number of countries around the world right now that are either just already kind of ensconced in genocide or are at least hurtling toward it with reckless abandon. Some of them are just like like seasoned professionals. <laughs> like the Brett the yeah. Hitman heart of genocide. Yeah, they're just, like wow, in multiple seasons yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, been at it for 20 years and just really doing great. Yeah, yeah there's one we're going to talk about at the end where it's absolutely like that. Like they just concluded step one of the genocide. Now they're carrying into another one, but we'll get there. We'll get there. One of the things genocide watch talks about a bunch is the 10 stages of genocide. And we should, we should run through those quick, right? We want to know what we want people to be experts on this. All right. We've got our top 10 list here. Top 10 ways (laughs) you're starting out your genocide. (laughs) My my home in, Darfur, <laughs> very famous bit on this show, the top 10 genocide list. So classification is first. The differences between people are not respected. There's a division of us and them, which can be carried out using stereotypes or excluding people who are perceived to be different. That will never happen here. No, that's, <laughs> that's really dipping your toes in though. I feel like most people do that. Most nations yeah. are starting on like step one is like the free square in bingo. <laughs> A little bit where you're like, all right, well, we're going to start with this. Obviously, like every country is going to have that. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Except like Switzerland or some shit. Yeah. I feel like we could compile a list of like the groups in this country, like most likely to be genocided first in our country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you say alt comics? Yes. 
<laughs> I don't think they're, yeah, well, to be fair, yeah, when we get to the other ones, I think dehumanization will hit real hard with the alt comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at even in 2016, you look at the amount of classification that was going on and Trump was really, really just, just softball tossing some of these ones out there. Yeah, yeah Mexican, let's classify them. Yeah, I think I would put homeless people at the top of the list. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it's yeah. tough. Trans people are... Trans people are, yeah, I think just the the LGBT community in general, yeah. is, especially in certain areas, uh, absolutely. I uh, I think that more than we realize, uh, Chinese people are going to start getting that, weirdly, in the next probably 10 years. Yeah, I could see that. Once China starts, you know doing all the stuff we know they're about to do. I don't know what China's about to do, and I'm not sure I want to know. I mean, they're going to, like, kind of take over the world. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, all right. Yeah, they also could have been on this list. I just, again, there's so many genocides happening that it's hard to fit them all in. We've done the Uyghurs before, right? Yeah. With that, it's, it's like less extermination of the people and more just extermination of their culture. And oh, like France does. Yeah, like their extermination of their existence in the historical record, which they're going to wipe them off the map like puddle of mud. That is also. Don't they kind of have them in concentration camps, though? Uh, they're re education camps, Katie. So, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. See what I was saying? Yeah. Right there. Katie <laughs> is just really dehumanizing those Chinese monsters that are doing <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just a camp where you go learn how to not be you anymore oh that's all okay when does that ever okay. go bad i thought they were like laboring with like big rocks no, like, <laughs> i thought they were no that's for the political prisoners basically oh okay yeah i do um, like the idea that there would be prisons still out there like cartoon prisons where they would be just like chipping away at a giant rock with a hammer like, what are we doing here yeah we're looking for the rock for Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Abs- absolutely. Symbolization. That's the next step. This is a visual manifestation of hatred. Jews in Nazi Europe were forced to wear yellow stars to show that they were different. That's the example. Yeah, we do here. that with um, assholes and um, supreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've done that too. Yeah, the iPhone dabbles in this a little bit because if you get a text from someone who isn't an uh, iPhone user. It's a different color. You can't send them links the same way. Good. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. <laughs> I'm a fucking droid guy for life, baby. Yeah, same. You fucking Apple pod people. And <laughs> you will be jettisoned from society someday. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a this is a a telecom genocide right here. Correct. What you guys are doing to this. Discrimination. Somehow that's the third step. Seems like that would happen earlier. Yeah, it seems like a 1.5 scenario here. Yeah. The dominant group denies civil rights or even citizenship to identified groups, like how the 1935 Nuremberg Laws stripped Jews of their German citizenship. Well, thank God that's what we know Nuremberg for now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, dehumanization, those perceived as different, are treated with no form of human rights or personal dignity. Again, never going to happen here. No. Organization. Genocides are always planned. Regimes of hatred often train those who go on to carry out the destruction of a people. Polarization, that's when propaganda begins to be spread by hate groups. That seems like they would switch, right? 
Kind of, yeah. Like people would be like, hey, there's a lot of polarization happening. We should organize this shit. <laughs> yeah, this isn't not a confusing scale because even when you get into the genocide watch examples, at the end they list like what stages of genocide each of these places are in. And it really jumps around. And I can't tell if they like some spots of the real house of pain. <laughs> right? It's I, genocide. I can't tell if like some of them have like jumped around and like skipped certain steps or Yeah, it 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 does seem like sometimes you'll watch like a countdown something or whatever, like a ranking list, and sometimes they'll be like, These are not ranked in any specific order, it's just these ten things. Right. Like it does feel like it's bringing this kind of energy. Um, and yeah, as it, I mean, to be fair, like you get to certain stages and you're like, all right, well that does belong at the end, <laughs> like stage yeah. 10, the genocide. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Organization and preparation feel like they could be one step also maybe combine those not to tell genocide watch how to do their job, but I mean, are they trying to like round up for like, <laughs> cause they know that like this listicle will get more hits. Yeah. As an editor myself, if I could just make some suggestions. A couple of tweaks. And finally, persecution. Victims are identified because of their ethnicity or religion, and death lists are drawn up. Oof. And then there's this follow-up sentence that probably is important to this, because it's like people are sometimes segregated into ghettos, deported or starved, and property is often uh, expropriated and genocidal massacres begin. I think a lot of people, and what we were talking about with the Uyghurs as well, is that like, oh, a genocide is the systematic elimination of a people through murder. We think of the Holocaust as being like the genocide, like the one that's like the rock upon which all genocides will break themselves. (laughs) The, The reality is that genocide is so much more than that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not just murder. It's a whole bunch more as we're going to discover. And this is probably where we would say, hey, guys, remember, this is a comedy podcast. (laughs) Sorry if we're making jokes about things that are absolutely horrible. It's just. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I forgot two steps. I I skipped ahead. There's also let's bring the room back up. There's also extermination. That is when the hate group murders their identified victims in a deliberate way. And denial. The perpetrators or later generations deny the existence of any crime. Well, us? No. No, that never happened. We wouldn't do any of that. We wouldn't do something like that. What are you talking about? It's wild how much that does happen. I mean, Holocaust denial is common on the internet. Yeah. Katie, what do you got going on? Tell us a joke about this real quick. I mean, I was going to say gaslighting has historically worked, but then I didn't really want to put gaslighting with the Holocaust. So, um, yeah. It's a Holocaust (laughs) for feelings, Katie. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Armenia is a really good example of, I mean, the Holocaust is a good example for one thing, like that there are plenty of Holocaust deniers out there still. But Armenia is another good example. Like they, as we'll get to, are about to go 0-3 when it comes to being involved in genocides and people actually caring or acknowledging it. Like we just acknowledged the first Armenian genocide as a country, the United States just acknowledged it officially in 2019. That shit happened in yeah. 1915. I was going to say, we waited for the 104th anniversary. Yeah. That's not even a good number. It's not very romantic, America. Yeah. They say the 100th anniversary gift is acknowledgement of war crimes. <laughs> I was going to say on that, too, when we we're talking about, like, 
all the the ones of the the denial. Man, it's so funny that I blanked out in the middle of that thing. Oh, the Germany doesn't deny the Holocaust. Like the official German government is like, yeah, we did that. That is a fucking problem. Um, when you look back at the Armenian genocide, the people that did that do not like you bringing it up. No, no, Turkey no, does not. As take, a matter of fact, they will fight you for it. Yeah, they do not take kindly to calling that a genocide. And it's like, well, then you shouldn't have committed a genocide. <laughs> don't genocide. Yeah, yeah, don't don't genocide me, bro. Yeah. Don't genocide me. We need to get that on a t-shirt. Don't genocide. <laughs> don't, gen- don't genocide me, bro. <laughs> So before we get into more of the Genocide Watch stuff, we should acknowledge the genocide that gave us this day off, which is the massive genocide of indigenous people in North America. Wait, there were indigenous people here? There were a few before Europeans arrived. And to get into all of that would be like, we couldn't knock that out in one episode. That would be a podcast series. Just go to a Portugal The Man concert. They'll give you the gist in the beginning of the show. Yeah, I mean, the gist is when Europeans first made contact with North America, there were around 5 million indigenous people living here. And by the time all the genocides were done, there were around 238,000. At least we put them on the best pieces of land we had available. Oh, man. (laughs) And let me tell you, I lived in South Dakota for a long time, and that is still a defense you will get from people to this day is, man, what do they have to complain about? We gave them a bunch of free land. Boy, they had free land. I don't know (laughs) if you guys had heard about the land there in the first place, but yeah, they, they had, they were living it up on the free land. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is, um, obviously it's, they use this too as like a, a, an allegory for American opinions on genocide. Um, a lot of people will be like, oh, so do you, you would give your home back to a Native American, if the Native American person came to your home to take it, you'd take It's like, well, that's not uh, the same thing as something that happened 40 years ago. Um, but also it's a, it's a fucking brutal and ugly tragedy. It, it's hideous. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just about the land, right? They wouldn't let them hunt or like live their normal lifestyles anymore. So they Gave them government food that was like really bad for them and like controlled them in a bunch of other ways, not just. Yeah. The westward expansion almost eliminated the majority of their food source as well. If you know anything about like the American bison, people were just like sniping them from trains for fun. driving Like it was insane what they were doing. Yeah. A thing I never took into account until we did an episode. I don't even remember which podcast it was now. Maybe even you don't even like sports. I don't think so, though. But I talked to Zach Johnston, who has been on a bunch of podcasts. He writes for Up Rocks, good friend of the show. At ZTP Whiskey, I believe. Yes. And he brought up a thing I never thought about, which is that in all the talk about sports teams that should change their names, the San Francisco 49ers should probably look into that, too, because the California Gold Rush was a Native American genocide also. and. That's what the Niners base their name on. Don't even get me started on the New York Jets. <laughs> right? <laughs> Change that name after 9-11. Come on. Yeah. We had a, we did a mint on card on 9-11, and the flyer that I used was a starting lineup of a New York Jet. <laughs> and I was like, because it's football season in September. But you know what was going on. That's why. <laughs> All right. 
Should we do it? Should we get into some of the genocides identified by Genocide Watch, I would like to point out? I'm, uh, you don't even like this show. Brought to you by Genocide Watch, genocidewatch.org, for all your Genocide Watch needs. <laughs> and merch. And merchandise. And merch. Yeah. Genocide merch. Genocide Your merch. official Don't Genocide Me Bro shirts at <laughs> genocidewatch.org. <laughs> so one of the current conflicts that's right at the top of the list... Uh oh, Israel v. Hamas. Hey, you guys have a good show. I'm going to take off. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, the synopsis on their website of what's happening in Israel and Palestine was written pretty early in. And so it doesn't address some of the developments that have happened recently. They declared a genocide emergency, which is their most serious classification for it on October 15th, 2023. And their stance is kind of a bad people on both sides kind of thing. And I tell you what worries me about Israel versus Hamas is those early Hamas raids in terms of body count and number of casualties. Like it's not 9-11 numbers, but it's not way off. And think about how the U.S. responded to 9-11. Like, we wrecked multiple countries for decades. We made comedy flyers about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, like, Israel just has to react to one much smaller area that is just by virtue of geography they already have surrounded. Right. And anyone who tells you this is not a complicated thing is kidding themselves and lying to you. Which a lot of people you're talking to in L.A. are. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like this is especially like on social media. It is like this is tearing people apart all over the place. Like the fucking Biden administration is divided over this. Fucking Republicans are divided over this. Like comedians who seem like they were clearly on the same side before are highly divided on this. And I don't know. Like... By the letter of the law, Israel has a right to defend itself. But that is such a complicated argument because you have to take the history of Israel and Palestine into account when you say that. And you also have to take into account, well, what level of response? Because like what's happening in Israel right now is, I think, going a little bit above what the response should be. A little bit. Yeah. The the best analogy is if a school shooter is in a school, you don't bomb the school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I see so many people. And again, this is all social media stuff. So many people being like, well, the babies, they kidnapped babies. And so we have to respond to save those babies. And it's like by bombing a hospital full of babies. Yeah. Like that's those are those are different babies. Adam. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's like borderline Waco thinking where we're like well david koresh is a pedophile and it's like okay so we burned down a house with like dozens of kids in it we burned down the kids he's fucking yeah that's a strange response and it's i will to be fair that's a texas response yeah it's texas as hell is what that is yeah this is uh it's i don't know how it is for people in other other areas and other jobs but i gotta tell you being in entertainment in los angeles and having an like the opinions are strong out here and they are strong in the two like it's not one monolithic 
this needs to stop. Like I'm seeing people that I thought were like pretty far left that are just being like, Israel should bomb those hospitals. Yes. Absolutely. They should. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, when the Holocaust happened and the whole thing was like, never again, never again. And now people are starting to question like, wait, who do, who were you talking about when you said never again, just to you? Yeah. That's the scary part. And again, it's like the criticism that comes to there is always shielded by the, the, the cloud of anti-Semitism. Right. Like Israel's been able to, you know, have the narrative for so long because of that, you know, and I it, think that that's why, sorry. No, no, no. You're right. You're 100% right. Keep going. Well, I think that's why, you know, um, it feels like I don't think that we have all the information. I don't think that we really understand the situation. We just think that there was in defense of Israel. But it's like this was going on way before October 7th, right? So, oh, yes. The, the other question to ask, and this is like the difficult question, is why does Hamas exist? Yeah, And that's like once you get really Socratic about it and you start asking why about all that stuff, it doesn't look great. Yeah. And like part of the area that Israel occupies, like they got that like through war, like the the original, you know, UN recognition of Israel doesn't include places like Gaza and the West Bank and Golan Heights. Like that was from a war in 1967. And that's just been kind of carrying on and getting more and more intense for decades and decades and decades. Right. And on the one hand, like, obviously, genocide is never justified, obviously. And bombing hospitals is a very bad thing. But I don't not have it in me to not somewhat sympathize with Jewish people, especially in this country right now, because this is kind of spilling over into anti-Semitism here, which is bad. There is. That's super duper bad. Like that's like if that's your next step is, oh, well, I'm so opposed to what's happening in Palestine that fuck Jews. Like, no, like the Jewish people, Israel is not its people. And uh, Jewish people in America are not the Israeli government. And I think people need to process that better. Yeah. Right. Um, I am a little scared or nervous about how much Israel controls America, though. Have you seen the boycott things? How you can't boycott Israel because the American government in certain states will take away any funding you have or anything like that. They'll boycott you. Like that was the what New York said. Like, why does Israel have that kind of power? over Americans. I mean, we can trace this all the way back to, you know, Theodore Herzl and then the Balfour Declaration and all of the Western powers that are setting up and carving out a piece of land. Like, it's a whole ass thing. It, it And the history behind it is dark and difficult and right. hard to find a correct answer, especially in the wake of a global Holocaust. Right. You know, like, I think that that's definitely adding to the tensions in America now. Oh, it sure is. Because there is very much the argument that comes from a lot of the people I know that are Jewish and ardently supporting Israel is like, oh, so you want us to get killed again. You want us to get murdered again. And it's like, if that's the direction that you're going with this piece of information, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. And even then, it's like, it's so much more complicated than that. Like there are, 
Israel is a government much like the United States in that there's two halves to it. And right now, the side that is less willing to work with Palestine and maybe come to some sort of agreement, that's the side that's in power. The right wing is in power now. And they're like, fuck Palestine. But there's a whole other side of the Israeli government that is less so that. So even that part is complicated. Like there are factions within Israel that are like, yeah, we should probably ease up a little bit on this issue, but they're not in power and they haven't been for a long time. So every fucking bit of this is complicated as shit. And like, I can certainly sympathize with like families here who have relatives in Israel who've been taken hostage. Like, yeah, of course, that's, that's not a great thing. That's a very bad thing. But also, man, I kind of don't care if Hamas is in that hospital. You can't shut down a hospital at a time like this. Like, you, I've seen Munich. Like, do some of that shit. Go in there and get them that way. Don't shell a fucking hospital. Don't cut electricity to a hospital, especially if your justification is babies. Like, there's babies in that hospital. They're the good guys. Thank you, people, for asking us to do an episode on this. Thanks a whole fucking lot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Exactly. We've said dead babies more on this episode than we've ever said in the entire 10 years of doing this show. Ooh. So that's exciting. <laughs> Here's your comedy podcast about Yay! Israel. Oh, you my fucking, God. You, you, you silly goofs. There you go. You got our opinions. <laughs> and it's going to get, I mean, it's, it's not going to get better. Because, again, one of the things... I see a lot of talk about, well, if you're not being really, really vocal about this, you're complicit in it. And it's like, oh, man, we are complicit in so many genocides, if that's the case. Yeah. I like the part, too, where people are like, you need to condemn Hamas. And it's like, all right, done. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on now. Okay, now you condemn Israel. Oh, you don't want to. Yeah. Because they're also doing some Hamas shit. I don't know if you've heard about the babies in the hospitals and the bombs and the open air prisons and all this stuff. Yeah. Or at least the Israeli defense forces. How about that? That compulsory IDF. And yeah, like the thing about Hamas using hospitals and mosques and schools as we call them Hamaspitals <laughs> as like a base of operations. That's a very hotly contested issue. I will grant them that Israel's been making that claim since the first war with Hamas, which I think was 2008. Something like that. Like Hamas is. A we pretty, got in early. Yeah. Yeah. Hamas is a pretty recent development. Yeah. 2006 is when they got elected, right? Something like that. Because that's yeah. the that's the other argument is they're like, well, they elected them. It's like they elected them, you know, almost 20 years ago, and the people that are dying are 14 and old and younger. Yeah. So you're really gonna hold them accountable? Like, we're are we being held accountable for our, our families voting for Reagan? Yeah. <laughs> no, we just have to pay the fucking in price. Certain for ways, it. yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, to be fair, people that look like me are very much being held accountable. You see this pale skin and baby blue eyes? Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't like me. By they, I mean me. I don't like me. And like, yeah, the hospital thing, it's, I get that, I guess it's complicated because there are, like, there have been reports for a long time that that's what Hamas does. But also, there's a whole other side that's like, no, they don't. We don't do that. And like, I'll link to, there's a Washington Post article from uh, 2014, called Why Hamas Stores Its Weapons Inside Hospitals, Mosques, and Schools. And I don't know, decide for yourself. Like, I still question whether that 
justifies like bombing a hospital with people in it. I would add that maybe, and this is the hard part for people in, in, a, in the black and white world that the internet exists in these days, there's no good guy here. Like yeah. there are victims and there are perpetrators of violence. And if you are treating one group like the, like the people, I also like, look, Israel is a bad guy. Hamas is also a bad guy. And I do see a lot of people like softly defending Hamas. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, they're still doing the murder stuff. And like, even I did it on the show where I'm like, yeah, but why do they exist? Like yes. they are, they are a, a symptom of the problem. Right. Right. <laughs> but you see people that are just like, mm, I don't know. I don't like Israel. So I feel like Hamas has to be the good guy. If that's the case, it's like, you know, there, there are no heroes here. There are victims and villains and that's it. And there's right. gaslighting. So much gaslighting. So much gaslighting. It feels like a toxic relationship in my past. No, um, oh, America's relationship with Israel is it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, That's you know, funny. even the hospital, the the information about them using the hospitals. That again, Israel is controlling the narrative, and America will say what I think. America will go along with what Israel says. So, I mean, I don't think that they're doing that because if you hear like American doctors that were taken out of Gaza recently, they're they're talking about you know they're. They're not confirming that. They're talking about how many civilians are dying, how many children are dying, and, you know, how the doctors are working their asses off trying to save people's lives, you know? And historically, we know that the IDF does not treat foreign doctors that are administering aid with any sense of decency. It wasn't an American shot. doctor shot by, yeah. and Israel's like, Hamas did it. And then we found out, it was like, Israel absolutely did that. Yeah. And by Israel, I mean a member of the Israeli military. I don't know if, like... Netanyahu was like, shoot that lady. But yeah, like Israel's military is responsible for that death. Yeah, it's a nightmare. War always is. And the United States is always going to take a side in a conflict like this. And like what Katie mentioned about people like literally losing government money for not siding with Israel hard enough. I remember when the war in Ukraine started. I got an email from Google that I, I got to go back and try to find this. But they were basically like, look, if you spread any kind of narrative about Nazis in Ukraine or like suggesting that the, the war is happening for reasons other than the official narrative of things, like we will not monetize your podcasts. We will not monetize your episodes. And it's like, wow, damn. Yeah, that's how Tom and I got our Batman podcast deplatformed. We oh, went yeah. off all on, on Ukraine and Russia, yeah. Yeah. And, Weird twist on the episodes, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's like that's the United States every time there's a war. And this time we're behind Israel and it's You sure you want to do this broadcast? <laughs> yeah, but even then you like you read stories about people within the Biden administration who are like, eh, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like it's getting a little extreme over there. And, I mean, it is. If you think it's not, I don't I don't know. And Biden's like, shut your yap, Jack. Yeah, kind of. I'm more like, hey, <laughs> shut your yap, Jack. <laughs> I'm a mummy. I'm running for election. 2024 to 2028. I'm going to live <laughs> until 2028. Yeah. All right. Let's change gears a little bit. Let's get to someplace fun. <laughs> have a fun aside let's talk about another one of america's biggest allies india oh oh, oh. people don't, I, I feel like you you don't expect this from india 
but it's pretty America over there right now in terms of opinions on Muslims. I will also add really good post-World War II shenanigans happening for these first two. Like the problems in India can be highly rooted in the Western powers usage. Because I mean, that's where Pakistan essentially was created, was here. And it's like a whole last thing. So like, whoops, oopsie. God, that goes on for a long time. It's a long laugh track. I actually, Indian history was one of the things I both studied um, extensively and taught. And if you have, this would be less surprising. But I think a lot of people focus primarily on the major religions of India. And therefore, they're like, well, they can't be cruel. You know, like Hinduism and Buddhism. and, And then you're and Islam. Well, Islam people have a specific view of Hinduism is not chill. Yeah. They have an entire group of people in their illegal but totally recognized caste system that are literally just like, you don't fuck with these people. Yeah. Yeah. This, a lot of this boils down to Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who I've talked about on podcasts quite a bit. He is a right wing Hindu nationalist. There is no other way to say it, like an unabashed Hindu nationalist. And his party, uh, Bhartiya Janata Party, BJP for short, the BJ Party. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Find me up. (laughs) We're all joining the BJ Party here (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is grim. Katie, would you like to join the party? We are all men so far. Not (laughs) one woman will show up. Please. Please, we are getting very desperate. John Robbins that way or something. We need to reach across the aisle. (laughs) You get it. So they are, again, a Hindu nationalist regime. Under their reign, anti-Muslim rhetoric and hate crimes have risen dramatically, as as have acts of violence against Dalits. That is the bottom rung of the caste system in India. They used to be called untouchables, and apparently, like, Changing the name is supposed to make it better. Yeah. It also, it's important to know that um, this caste system is an inherited caste system. Yeah. So it it was, and of course, when you, obviously, I I don't mean to like overly summarize an entire religion and beliefs in a very quick sentence, but essentially it's, well, you're there because you did some shit in the past that brought you here. That is, and if you behave, you can move up next time. So they, not everybody. Now, a lot of people are more like modern about it but still being shitty about it. But it was established that like you brought yourself here. You got to get yourself out by eating shit from us. Yeah. And it, it's, it's racist as well. A lot of, a lot of these caste systems were very much hinged on the color of your skin. Uh, it is a whole ass thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny. People forget that in Asian culture, skin tone is insanely a thing that still is is talked about a lot we think of that as being exclusively american but it's very much not no no and there are socioeconomic reasons for that somebody that would have darker skin would be working out in the day toiling in the sun that's fucking awful it's so ugly yeah one of the examples that genocide watch cites in terms of the caste system related violence in july 2022 a Dalit boy was beaten to death by his upper caste teacher for drinking water from a pot that was exclusively meant for upper castes. 
And it's kind of going unchecked in India right now, which is also a huge problem, obviously. They need to get Biden over there. He'll he'll bring he'll drop the hammer. Oh, Biden just had Modi at the White House a few months ago. Hey, stop beating your kids to death for drinking out of the clay pot, man. <laughs> we're, we're all the same. Yeah, we're we're big, big friends with Modi. Like we have absolutely no problem with what's happening over there, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's probably best not to pick specific fights with countries that have a billion or more people. They're pretty big. They are the world's biggest democracy. <laughs> democracy. They're the world's, I believe they're still the fastest growing population, right? Yeah, I believe so. They, uh, they took over China. They fought, finally, somebody's beating China at something. Yeah, they do have a pretty bitch in space program in India also. Hell yeah, man. They got to. It's necessity. They're like, we're running out of room. Shit. <laughs> to the moon. Musk our way out of here. So one of the other examples Genocide Watch brings up, in February 2023, two Muslim men were accused of cow smuggling and subsequently abducted and set on fire. And the men who did it were hailed as heroes publicly. In March 2023, a month later, a Muslim cattle trader was murdered by a gang of Hindu nationalist extremists. And there's a documentary out there called The Modi Question. I think it's a BBC documentary. And it's about his role in anti-Muslim riots in 2002, where, among other things, there was lots of mass rape and the question of how deeply he was involved in that. And whether he was involved or not, in August of 2022, his government approved the early release of 11 men sentenced to life in prison for gang rape during those anti-Muslim massacres in 2002. Hey, that's my best friend doing that. I was going to say, this is my friends. We worried that he was involved in the raping or just in the riots? I think more... Uh, like hopefully more just in the planning. I don't know why I say hopefully. Like, I yeah, have, what kind of Rambo villain is he? Yeah, that's not the Modi I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably the rapes. Fuck, who knows? He's in the BJ party. Thanks for asking us to do this show, everybody. Yeah, not here to victim blame, but we're the victims here. <laughs> Ooh, is that for the next group that we're going to be talking about? <laughs> Yeah, that's a reference to how much attention we're paying to the next genocide. Ethiopia, the genocide that COVID started. A place that always gets long-term attention from Americans. Yeah, don't worry. We'll write you a song 15 to 20 years from now. Yeah, don't worry. We'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> that'll fix things. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll make up for our ignoring of... We, boy, we just kind of let genocides happen in Africa, huh? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, whenever people are like, why is the United States ignoring this genocide? It's like we ignore most of them. Yeah. If we're not getting things directly from them or we have not nurtured and suckled the the genocider, then we're not going to get that involved. That was like when when um, Slobodan Milosevic was doing shit and NATO was dropping bombs and everybody's like, what is happening? And then the Clinton sex scandal came out and we're like, oh, is that why we care? <laughs> yeah. So in November 2020, I don't know if there was anything else going on that we were paying attention to at that point, but Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed canceled general elections on the grounds that he was doing it to protect the public from COVID. That's hard because I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I was like, that, that probably makes sense, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. But also, what about mail-in voting, bro? 
it's Ethiopia. I don't know what their postal service is like. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I don't mean to be kind of diet racist about this. I just, I don't know if they have a functional ESPS that's, uh, you know, although I have a feeling the sleet or snow is not going to be stopping them. No, no, <laughs> probably not. So an opposition party, the Tigray people's liberation front TPLF decided to hold regional elections anyway. And I mean, that's kind of funny. And then captured a few Ethiopian national defense forces bases in Tigray while they were at it. And the back and forth fighting from that one incident alone had already, by the time this genocide watch report came out, killed thousands of civilians. And that was November 2021 and had displaced another two million people from their homes. This is... uh partially reminiscent of the hit film plane i remember plane i still haven't seen it but i want to adam i saw it in the theater because i was like i don't have tnt so this is the only way i'm ever going to see this movie right it is the most dad-ass movie i have seen in a very long time it looks fun it was fun adam it was so fun plane and, and there's there's another one coming out called boat Oh, hell yeah. There's, I saw that movie with, uh, with Lisa, you know, Lisa, my friend, Lisa Hart. Yes. And, uh, we would just periodically text each other, just plain. And a photo <laughs> so good. And yeah, I'm not enough of an expert on the situation in Ethiopia to confirm, but the way this is being reported is that this has pretty quickly devolved into a very bad people on both sides kind of thing. Just most government. It's yeah. It's yeah. Indeed. It's I'd say seventy percent of government is well. There's bad people on both sides. But you wouldn't say that about them being fueled by ethnic divides, would you? Yeah, would. probably that too. Yeah, probably would. Yeah, yeah. Let's read uh, AOC's mentions on Twitter and see <laughs> see if there's any ethnic divide uh, in that uh, interaction there. <laughs> Both the ENDF and TPLF have been accused of carrying out mass rapes and ethnic-based massacres of civilians. Prime Minister Abi has promoted genocide and hate speech since the conflict started, referring to Tigrayans as rats and a cancer, and called for Ethiopian citizens to, quote, sacrifice our blood and bones to bury this enemy. Fun side note, that guy won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2019. That's crazy. Do you know what that was, the prize, what it was for? $300,000. <laughs> no, what do you win it for? What category? Um, peace, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah, I th- may, maybe that maybe the Nobel Committee also hates Tigrayans. It's like, hell yeah, man, let's get. We got to give this guy an award. Uh, I would also like to add that rats is one of the most dog whistle um, things you can refer uh, to a people as. It is famously, uh, you know, even if you're not that aware of the Holocaust, you probably watched. Inglorious Bastards to know that rats is the number one thing they called the Jews. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ethiopia's got a high bingo card score right now, right? Yeah. Knocking out of the park. Off. Honestly, they're doing great. If you go, if they were doing the genocide Olympics, they'd be on the podium. Oh, for know. sure. The Nobel Peace Prize in 2019 was awarded, quote, for his efforts to achieve peace and international cooperation. And in particular wow. for his decisive initiative to resolve the border conflict with neighboring Eritrea, which maybe this is like a Nicolas Cage scenario where like once he got the Oscar, he's like, and now it's time for me to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cause 
here's the thing. That border conflict has not been resolved. I always, is it weird that I always am like Eritrea, like Eritrea sounds like, like a mystical land under the sea. <laughs> and then you're like, actually, it's a massive border conflict area in Africa. Yeah. I believe the genocide in Myanmar also, the person who oversaw that, at least the elected official who oversaw that, I believe she won a Nobel Peace Prize also. Yeah, we've talked about her on the show. Turns yeah. out we cover genocide more than you. <laughs> We're like, this is our first time talking about it. Yeah. We do cover it a lot. Yeah. We did have an air horn for it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm acting like this podcast is never sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, Myanmar, famously from Rambo 4. Sure, sure, sure. Um, just known as Rambo. Arguably one of the top Rambos. Yeah. I it's my second favorite Rambo. I wouldn't be mad at that. It's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, this the situation in Ethiopia is especially tense because a lot of the fighting right now is these two groups. There have been, I think, some other groups who've kind of joined in. <laughs> I would not sign up for that, that group activity. <laughs> no. Hey, can we get in on this? <laughs> well, the thing is, if there's any kind of like power vacuum that forms in Ethiopia, their government system is like 10 regional governments that oversee a, like something like 80 ethnic groups. And if a power vacuum forms, it's a pretty safe bet that most of those groups are going to want a little more representation in the government than they had before. So this is like a, like a, the Hobbit thing. And they got all the armies together and like, you guys got to join together. Or I guess we could say Lord of the Rings. It's like, Jeff hey, is, it's exactly <laughs> like the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to bring it to something that our listeners will be like, this is a thing that I can relate to. <laughs> Thank you for my Nobel Peace Prize. I look forward to doing an awful genocide in the future. Do you think Nobel Peace Prize is like the best new artist category where it's like it comes with a curse? Like you get it, but like you're not getting much further in the peace world after this. Yeah. He should have to give it back like Millie Vanilli. Yeah. It's like being on the cover of Madden. You just break your ankle immediately yeah. the next day. Yeah. The Nobel curse. They should have to be like, hey, we need that back. Like, can't they do that? Can they like officially rescind a Nobel Peace Prize? I don't know. Katie? I send him a bill for the money. Yeah, Katie, what do you think? <laughs> Answer us. Uh, I don't think so. No, I think it's permanent. You know, it's a lifelong thing. Like a tattoo? Yeah. It's not a Heisman, Jeff. Uh, I do like the idea that like Reggie Bush would lose his Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> um, a gateway. No appeals. Okay. So uh, no appeals, according to the statutes of the Nobel Foundation, which they should probably fix. No appeals may be made against the decision of a prize awarding body with the regard to, with the, regard to the award of a prize. Um, so even if things are like an invention, for example, that fails, that got the Nobel Prize or whatever, they still get to keep it. So this guy's going to have that forever until he has to like pawn it. <laughs> yeah. Going to be on an episode of Pawn Stars. <laughs> Maybe going to need a place to stay. <laughs> Maybe it's just that a bunch of genociders are, um, they're kind of like Babe Ruth in a way. Like, yeah, he had the most hits, but he also had the most strikeouts. It's like balanced. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah that is fair. Yeah, yeah. It's a broken, rock, uh, broken clock being right twice, right? Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's talk about one last genocide. Someone needs to. Armenia. <laughs> Vocabulary word of the day. Irredentist. It is not a dental professional who changes color in the sunlight. That is a term for a person or government that advocates for the return of land that they view as once belonging to their country and or a person or ideology fueled 
by the desire to annex a neighboring state or country. And that is what's happening between Armenia and Azerbaijan. There is a section of Armenia called Sunik, which I'm sure I pronounced incorrectly, that Armenians have inhabited for more than 2,000 years. And now Azerbaijan has decided that land belongs to them and that it is destined to one day be Western Azerbaijan. Like West Virginia. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Just like that. Exactly like West Virginia. For the audience. Yeah. For our Australian fans. (laughs) And... As we speak, there are concerns that Azerbaijan is planning an invasion of southern Armenia. And this is after they fought for decades over a completely different region called Nagorno-Karabakh or the breakaway Republic of Artsakh. And that was an area that Armenia didn't technically own, but they had like kind of a historical and legal claim to it. And Azerbaijan was just like, nah, not anymore. We're taking that back. So if you are a person in Southern California, Artsakh will be the thing that you might see written on a lot of cars. Like it is, there are a lot of flags that, and they all say Artsakh is Armenia, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and that's very common. You're going to see that, uh, you're going to see that in the windows of a lot of white BMWs. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, Armenians. Um, but I think across the, across the country, there's a much much smaller, less dense population so that it does become very ignored. Yeah. I mean, I have a billboard. I have an anti uh, Armenian genocide billboard, like at the end of my block. It's very visible there, but not elsewhere. Yeah. The government of Azerbaijan has also announced a great return program in which 140,000 Azerbaijanis will live in the regions they have taken back or are planning to take back. And that obviously is going to involve displacing a whole lot more Armenians from those regions. This is what Israel's been doing in Palestine. Yeah. It's also what Russia's doing in Ukraine. Like it's like, it's on par with both of those, but it like, I only found out about this because the lead singer of system of down wrote an article about it in Rolling Stone and was like, Hey, why don't you give a fuck? This is he's like, wake up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Pick up this magazine and then shake up. (laughs) And yeah, he's Armenian. And he was like, everything that's happening to Ukraine is happening to us too. And no one seems to give a shit. And I think people are still mad at him for what he said after 9-11, where he's like, yeah, we kind of brought this on ourselves. You did this. Oh yeah. What a liar. Yeah. Yeah. People were sure mad. We we were, we were very upset that he said the thing that was happening while we were in a bad mood. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't say the truth while we're sad. Yeah, he could have timed timing. it. Yeah. How about timing? <laughs> the thing yeah. we do to everybody else happened to us. <laughs> so, yeah, the situation in Armenia is pretty dire. And it's uh, also not getting any, once again, not getting any attention. They are like, oh, f- this will be oh for 3. Because the stuff that happened in the Artsakh region, that's like a whole other genocide all into itself. Yeah. And Turkey. Ooh, Turkey. Yeah. Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. Turkey could have happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your turkey. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put more turkey stuff on this list, given that it's our Thanksgiving episode, because also all of their stuff in like Syria is all their stuff in Syria. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
glad we glad we managed to crank out a lighthearted comedy episode about we are on a buttery roll right now yeah <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> sorry jeff wrong sound effect <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i'll be eating some humble pie after that oh. yeah pilgrims oh so yeah enjoy enjoy football today everybody <laughs> That's the Cowboys play the formerly known. Like, remember, it would be like the Cowboys and the Redskins would be playing. He'd be like, oh, this just doesn't feel good. This no. Doesn't feel, this doesn't feel good at all. This feels bad. This feels like a bad metaphor you guys are doing. So, uh, does everyone have big Thanksgiving plans? I don't. I'm fucking doing what I just said. I'm hanging out and watching football. I'm going to Vegas alone now. <laughs> oh, you're going alone? I, well, I have the room. Like, I have I'm this sure. room that I paid for in January. And now I don't have the person to go with. So I guess I'm just going to Vegas alone. It's probably the saddest way I could do Thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go with you. Rooms are cheap. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one of those, uh, one of those fancy eighties Vegas movie hookers. (laughs) Hell yeah. Have a, have a, have a rom-com happen while I'm there. Like leaving Las Vegas. Remember that (laughs) rom-com? And now that I've got it, I'm going to ruin everything. (laughs) Thanksgiving is good. That's great. Um, I'm just eating at a friend's house and watching football, probably, wow, and nice. trying to recover from all this information. Yeah, this <laughs> about was our a, Thanksgivings. Yeah, this was a lot. Take this to the dinner table with you. Share it with your. Uh, Honestly, yeah, but like, do yeah, do that. Yeah, get the get the JBL clip out. <laughs> Play it. Put it in the centerpiece, <laughs> and you can have an educational and, in some way, edutainment filled. Sure. Sure. Um, Thanksgiving dinner. Did you guys, when you had Thanksgiving, was it like a free for all where everyone grabbed their shit and then sat in the living room and watched football? Or was it like one of those, like we all sit around the dining room table and try not to pay attention to what Nana just said? Both. <laughs> kind of. You did both, it depend, depended on what family I was with. On my dad's side of the family, it was usually sit around a table. My mom's side yeah. of the family, it was like fucking smoke while you're holding your plate in the other hand, watching yeah. like multiple sports. Glass of red wine with some ice in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just everybody's just eating whatever. Some Idahoan pre-mixed uh, or uh, free fake mashed potatoes. Oh, no, my family can cook. Freeze-dried. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone in my family can cook. Pretty fucking great. Hell yeah. Nice. So I think that's it. We should let people get back to their bullshit families. Uh, <laughs> Not me, though. Thank you. Thank you both for doing this on thanksgiving morning you could be at the movies right now but you chose to be here with me talking about genocide and i'm literally in the casino right now <laughs> uh we should have made this a drinking game for the people <laughs> yeah yeah that wouldn't have been a bad what's idea. your thanksgiving drink of choice like what's the beverage that you have at thanksgiving i would go wine probably do you go wine there yeah. mm. Coors light the water of beer apple cider Mm. Apple cider really comes into play for me on Thanksgiving. Cold apple cider. I feel like if you if you let me, I could like over the span of an entire Thanksgiving day, like I I feel like I could drink like forty five Coors Lights and not even feel it like that. Yeah, that's barely beer. It's crazy. Yeah, like putting up Andre the Giant numbers. <laughs> Certainly doesn't <laughs> taste like beer. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to end the show on one of those little silly little questions. So yeah. people are just like, the genocide stuff was really fun. Yeah, but also, yeah, all that genocide stuff we just talked about. Woof. Yeah. 
Can't say it enough. Bad times. Bad you times. You naughty genociders. Cut it out. Be better, world. <laughs> yeah. Genocide is bad. Do the work. Be <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, that's our campaign. Be better. I don't think anyone has done anything like that. Yeah. Be best, Adam. Yeah. Let's do be best. So what do we have to plug before we get out of here? That seems appropriate right now. Uh, AdamToddBrown.substack.com. Go read that. Also, you don't even like sports cards. Um, I think there's a new video of me and Jeff opening cards this week also. I just keep forgetting. We just filmed. Yeah, I keep forgetting to put it up. It is Me and Jeff are completely different people in that video. It's so old now. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I've grown old. I have one of those long uh, Rip Van Winkle beards. Yeah, maybe I'll put that up today also to lighten the mood. <laughs> to lighten the mood, yeah. Silence. There it is. Last weekend, Adam and I went to a card show together. Probably. Oh yes, we did. Yeah, in Pasadena. That was. Katie, you want to come? I mean, did you want to come? When sure. We to the, to the, yeah, to I the wanted baseball, to come. The sports card show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have invited you. Shit, sorry. Oh, man. Uh, Dang. It's too late now. <laughs> it will have happened already on the Saturday that just passed. <laughs> hey, Katie, what do you got to plug? Kate Ability on all social media, K-A-T-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. And I hardly ever mentioned genocide on there. So oh. it's, it's a way. Irresponsible a way to use your platform. Cool. <laughs> yeah, real nice. Uh, Jeff, what do you got to plug? Uh, follow me on social media at Kateability. That's K-A-T-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Uh, my comedy is great. I do good stuff. And sometimes mm. it's just me with a wheelbarrow. Uh, at Hey There, Jeff Rowe on all social media, including YouTube, where I do I Must Break You on Wednesdays at 2. Uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed. And of course, Jeff has cool friends, Ugg Fine and Nerd with Dre Alvarez, all available at patreon.com slash Jeff May, where you get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content. Uh, plus, you can get all sorts of perks and stuff in the mail and, and all that uh, jazz. And I would suggest signing up uh, before the end of this month because next month packages are going to rip because it is Christmas and I'm a fucking psychopath. Yeah, you are. <laughs> all right. Should we get out of here? Yes. Let's get it started. Let's start the show. We forgot to record, Adam. <laughs> oh, you know what I did? Shit. Damn it. Hey, Katie, say goodbye. Bye, guys. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the genocide rookie card, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Jim, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs>